0: Welcome to the third episode of the Native American Wars podcast. My name is Greg Franklin. These are my colleagues, Mike Ramsey and Fritz Beer. Hello, 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 Mike. Uh, what do we got on t- on uh, tap for today? Scralings, oh. maybe. Well, there's some scralings in our future, Greg. The God, we all episode love we're
1: gonna we're gonna call this first contact episode two. Okay, we left off here, we just we left off with meeting the Skrælings. Right. Room. Well, the and the they just of Right. The they Kraylings. just they apparently just put an arrow in our uh, heroic Thorvald right in his side, and and then he died, and they buried him on a beautiful area that we don't know where it is, but they never found his body yet. They never found bones. But um, we've, we posit that it was somewhere in the Vinland or, or Newfoundland-Labrador area. Anyway. Hang on a second. We're back up. We left off where? Thorvald got okay, wiped. From, right? We've got the saga. He's done. And Thorvald has gotten an air, the, taken an the, arrow. The Skralings busted a cap in him. Okay. Right? <laughs> okay. So he's dead. And then what we're going to do then is take a step back and talk about the ones who gave him the fatal push right the native american or the indigenous people that occupied this area at the time. So we're going to talk about them for a minute because they're really the subject of this podcast as far as i'm concerned and they're the most interesting ones i think so what we have is all these peoples crossed a bridge a land bridge from roughly the same general area in siberia right uh, they were called... Uh, these particular people, I think, were called... And I'm going to assume that it's this people, the Dorsets. We'll talk about them a little, in a little bit. But they were one of the last groups to cross the land bridge. The peoples that had populated had moved down through California and into uh, Mesoamerica, uh, you know, Mexico, and Nicaragua, etc., and down into South America. They formed these vast empires, the Aztecs and the Incas and... At some point, we, we think, uh, roughly 4,500 years ago or so, the, the people that eventually populated Newfoundland, this little island, uh, were called the Dorsets. The Dorset people occupied the east coast of Labrador and a large portion of the, that part of the Arctic, uh, Well, what we call Arctic Canada, and and like I say, forty five hundred years ago, that's when they that's when they came across the bridge and they migrated all the way through, from what's it now Alaska, all the way through all the provinces of Canada that are very close to the Arctic Circle, and all the way to Labrador, all the way to Newfoundland. No horses. No horses. Else. They walked. They didn't have dogs. Uh, later later cultures that would come through would have dogs, like dog sleds and things like that. Uh, yes. But you did say uh, that it was maybe warmer at the time? It, it, yeah, it was warmer. It was a warmer time. But still, here they come through the, the entire... And the, the most amazing thing about this is they apparently really like kept to themselves. They didn't spread out. They didn't spread their genetics, if you know what I mean. They kept to themselves in groups, and they wandered all the way across the Arctic Circle. Finally wound up on the east coast of what's now Canada in Labrador and Newfoundland. Okay, they uh they were eventually pushed out by a people called the Thule, which are proto what we call proto Eskimos, what people who know anything call them proto Eskimos. But they uh this Thule culture came later on, and that's who finally met up with the Greenlanders and all that stuff later on down the road. And they're the descendants, the early ancestors of the Eskimo peoples and the Inuit peoples that are there now. The Thule brought across with them across the land bridge with them and developed. Well, they had a bow and arrow. They had uh, dogs, which they well, which allowed them to mi- to migrate with more stuff. They could carry more crap. They they were technologically advanced in a lot of ways. Uh, compared to the dorset people but anyway the 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 weird thing is the dorset people show up and they occupy this area uh, around newfoundland now at any one time uh, anthropologists and geneticists estimate that at any one time these people these dorset people probably had at the most a population of four thousand dorsets period right at their most that's at their most Populous. That's a, during the Green period, when it was warmer and everything else. That's probably it. Um, the Inuit, who followed and pushed them out, the Thule people. They have oral histories that describe the Dorset people as quote gentle giants. They have uh, you know these myth narratives of the people that came before them, the people that were there before they came, and that th- those were the Dorsets. And uh, they described them as being easily frightened. They could chase them off really easily, not really bright, et cetera, and, and as giants. Now, the archaeological evidence doesn't suggest that the Dorsets were giants. They were just normal, actually maybe a little shorter than... I mean, everybody was shorter back then, right? But they were just normal-sized. But they were scaredy-cats. Well, they were apparently were very scared, and they apparently kept to themselves very closely, okay? Very strange um, people. So, uh, without going into tremendous amount of detail, there's genetic samplings that people have taken of Dorset bones, right? You know how if, when you why did you, they
0: call him Dorset? Eh, no, I another dog
1: name. You got you got your Labrador, you got Newfoundland, and you got a Dorset. Is there such a thing as a Dorset? Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: Okay, well let's move on because this is completely irrelevant. I said but we're gonna get dog names. But <laughs> the uh, well, you're right. When I mean, dogs, I love dogs. So, but anyway. Uh, so they've got DNA from the bones, right? The marrow of the bones of the Dorset people that they found, and this is where it gets really interesting and mysterious, because there's there's no you know uh, I took one of those test tube things from one of those companies that analyze your DNA spatin, and then I got got my DNA back and they could tell me where I was from and where my DNA and samples you're a were. You're Dorset. No but uh but but the point is because
0: we've mapped I mean there's a found out he was a dog without, without getting too much into the genetic <laughs> like dog, history
1: actually. sorry I am I am one third boxer <laughs> uh, but anyway without are not getting too far into the genetic history of all this stuff because we've mapped all the we've got all these DNA samples not just from people live now but from bones of archeological, anthropological stuff that we've put together. So we've got, we've got all this incredible DNA library. Well, guess what? The, the, the DNA that we took from these Dorset people, the, their, their specific mutation isn't found anywhere else in the world, period. In essence, the Dorset DNA mutation isn't found anywhere except in the bones of these Dorset people. Right. So, what, what that, there's no, there's no trace of, that in, of it in any living person sampled today. Okay. This is, was done by a guy named Dr. Eskiv Villerslev, who's the director of geogenetics at the University of Copenhagen. He did stuff like that. And he says, and this is a quote from him. He says, I can't remember any other evidence of a population having such a low diversity in the mitochondrial DNA. And they estimate, they posit that by 1500, this people, this DNA strand, the Dorset people were extinct. No traces in any living person, right? So they exterminated themselves by not spreading their DNA to anybody else. They were so... they were So you're saying they were not prolific. Right. Like shakers. I don't know, you know what shakers are? Yeah, they got rid of themselves too because they didn't have any sex, right? So anyway, it's interesting, right, that th- that this happened. Now another interesting co- thing: are we
0: going to cover the Shakers? An
1: interesting thing about another interesting thing about this this people, the Dorset people, which are almost certainly the ones that that Leif Erikson and uh, our hero Thorvald the Dense ran into, right? Another interesting thing about them is they didn't have bows and arrows. And they didn't have what's known as a... I know a, what they
0: had. Can well, I say it? Yeah. Atlatl.
1: They had atlatl technology. Right. But they didn't have bows and arrows. And they didn't have a drill technology. So, like, if you were to go and find a needle, like a sewing needle, of a one of the Thule people who lived right next door, basically, and other people's that the Dorsets had to traverse through in order to get to... Newfoundland. They had to walk all the way across. Remember, they had to walk all the way across Canada to get to Newfoundland. These are, some of these other peoples have bows and arrows and have drills. And what I mean by a drill is it's a you know a drill bit in essence. And you could use it. You could put your hands like this and rub them together, and the drill would drill through stuff to make holes. The Dorsets didn't have that, but somehow they had managed to resist this knowledge. Now, in the if you go back to the times when the uh, proto inuits came across, the Thule people came across. The land bridge, you'll see all sorts of evidence of bow and arrow technology. Now, they didn't usually use bows and arrows to hunt because bows and arrows were somewhat useless against the things that they hunted. Walrus, seal, whales. Bows and arrows were used in the Arctic cultures for war. What it boils down to and we're going to do a podcast later on down the road about bow and arrow technology. But what it boils down to is the Dorsets didn't have it. So here we are stuck with the saga that tells us that Thorvald was killed with a bow and arrow. On, in some area around there. So this, I think, part of, part of the reason why there's a lot of speculation about where Thorvald was when he was killed is driven by this idea that there was no bow and arrow technology at the time amongst the dorsets but he was but the saga says he was killed by a bow and arrow so so it's it's been it's been it's been speculated that he he made it all the way to massachusetts like there's a a theory that he was in massachusetts and the that he, that he ran up into the, someplace there. Of course, you know, people in Massachusetts think their country, their state's beautiful. So it's a beautiful place to be buried and all that stuff. So anyway, there's, but anyway, there's no real proof of any of that stuff. But we do know that he was killed by something and buried out there according to the saga. And he doesn't come up, he doesn't pop up anywhere else like any, any of the other sagas. So probably died.
0: He was the first guy that died.
1: And these people, probably the Dorsets were the ones that did it. The managed the managed it.
0: Could it be also? I mean, I know you have a soft spot for the Dorset people. I love the Dorset people. But could it be that they weren't all that bright?
1: Well, yeah, they were a little. They were a little behind the curve. Uh, but also, on stuff. But they didn't really need. I mean, they didn't really need that stuff. But then again, the Thule, the Thule people that came, that crossed after them, and came into the area, they sort of pushed them out a bit. They didn't. There's no evidence that there was any wars between them, or that the Thule exterminated them. Yeah, didn't and you
0: say? Wait, didn't you say the Dorsets were easily scared away and kind of shoot? You? Well, you that's could sort of shoo them away, and they stay shooed.
1: That's the oral history. That's tales from. But then also, they're not general giants either, so you can sort of take it with a grain of salt. I think, right? It's okay. it is an oral history, so you know, just like our just like our sagas, which are oral histories. We have the oral histories of the Inuit to talk about these gentle giants. There's no evidence that there was any gentle giants or anything like that. You know, of course, the Vikings told stories of giants in the, you know, giants in the mountains that would come down and, you know, clobber them and such. And they also they had the, the monopods. They had a monopod theoretically, but anyway.
0: And they drank but, a lot of ale.
1: But anyway, unless we discover the body or the the remains of a, of a you know, Northern European, somewhere on one of these islands somewhere, which is very unlikely, probably impossible. We're never going to know anything about where he really landed and all that stuff. But what it basically boils down to is that was the first contact, right? And so some Skraelings died, one Viking died and then they sort of went off on their separate ways. Uh, Now, we get back to another... And we've talked about the Dorsets a little bit, about their people. So let's get back to Vinland, the the eventual colonization of Vinland, and uh, what happened to Greenland, the fate of Greenland later. Okay. Now, what we've got now is this wonderful uh, daughter of Eric that we talked about earlier. Freydis, who apparently was fairly attractive. She had a husband and she and um her friends of hers decided that they were going to come and actually make a colony, make a workable colony on vinland. There's really no indication of what the motivation for that was in the sagas, mostly because Leif Vinland being the Canadian mainland. Well, here's here's something to consider, but Leif when he did his jur- initial journeys he was gone over the, the winter, came back in the summer. And in the summer, remember, uh, did I say this before, but uh, Eric's, when Eric was there, Leaf wanted Eric to go with him on this trip to Vinland, this trip of discovery. And Eric said, cool, that's a great idea. But like, as he was getting ready to get on to, to like leave the house for the journey to the boat, he fell off his horse and hurt himself. So Eric couldn't go. So anyway, Leaf says, "Bye Eric, we'll see you when we get back." Well, by the time Leaf gets back, Eric's dead. He died either he either died from injuries sustained falling off the horse, you know, sepsis was a big deal back then, or he died of the plague or who knows, just old age. He'd lived a very long and violent life, right? So
0: could have been pancreatic cancer. So
1: anyway, Leaf comes back and he's now he's the lord of the manor. He's the oldest boy so he's got the manor he didn't really need to go exploring in vinland anymore he's got all his he's got the bishop living over you know, across the road and he's collecting his uh, you know monies from his thralls and all that stuff so he's ready he's set so uh his daughter do- his sister older sister freitas decides she wants to exploit this territory so she asks him hey can we stay at your place on vinland and uh Leif says yeah so she teams up with another pair of Vikings whose names are completely unimportant to the story. So I'm not going to go into them. But another pair of guys, they get together, and there's some confusion amongst the sagas of who got there first or whatever. But they get to they get to the the colony that Leif started, the buildings, and they settle it. And there's uh, in the Greenland saga, there's uh, stories of them interacting with the Skraelings in a peaceful way, doing trades and things like that. But there's some hint that maybe they might have ripped the scraulings off at some point, right?
0: So that uh, would have been an example of the of the Europeans first fucking over the yeah yeah they the tried scraylings. they tried
1: to screw them over or whatever. So and 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 uh, and I believe that I think that's probably right. Uh, they considered these people to be savages or whatever. Um, in the meantime, they've set up a colony, they built all their buildings, and they actually probably built most of the structures that are that we found on on the, on the um vinland or on newfoundland uh and they set it up they set up shop they set up trading shops they've set up uh, you know there's a stockade and all this stuff where they're going to live uh, now here's where it gets a little dicey because they were there for a couple of years only uh and there's all sorts of stories about what happened specifically and some of them are very interesting uh, including one where, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story that I find the most interesting. At some point, they rip off the the uh, scraylings. Scraylings. The indigenous people. The indigenous people are angry, and so they attack their stockade. Now, in the saga, they're using catapults, something like a catapult. Well, of course, there's no. They didn't have catapults. In fact, I'm not sure if they had catapults at all anywhere in the indigenous country. But, but the, uh, the, the saga says that they used catapults against the structure. And then the, the Vikings were so frightened that they ran off into the woods from the, about from the indigenous peoples because they were savage whatever. So anyway, uh, Freitas, our hero here, takes uh, an, an, a sword, picks up a sword from a fallen Viking, and uh, runs out into the runs out in front of the, where the native tribes are running up to try to chase the vikings pulls off the part of her coverall so that one breast is exposed and slaps it with the sword slaps her, her breast with the sword and she's apparently 8 months pregnant at the time according to the the saga and this draw i mean everybody draws up short like the skraylings draw up short they're like whoa Whoa! Right, and they all and, and they turn around and skedaddle. They get out of there. So, you know,
0: because she was lactating,
1: I don't know. You know, I gotta say, who knows? Maybe she was really scary. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so she she was like pregnant and whatever. And this is, of course, once again, grain of salt saga. Blah blah blah. They were theoretically shooting catapults at the stockade, right? So anyway, it's a good
0: story though.
1: It's okay. It's a nice story. Uh, it actually paints Freitas in a little bit of a nicer light than the one before that, where uh, she got in a fight with the other Vikings on the island, and her Vikings slaughtered all the male Vikings and refused to kill the female Vikings, and she picked up an axe and killed the, uh, the, the the women, the other women Vikings, the enemy Viking. So and she that was. One we know to definitely be true, we don't know if that's true. It's all part of the sagas, but the okay. the sagas don't paint Freydis, poor Freitas. They don't paint her in a very honorable or you know nice light. So anyway,
0: she seemed pretty brave the day of the breast slapping.
1: The breast slapping was yeah. yeah.
0: And now for the time of the well, breast s- slapping. Yeah. So <laughs> off, so
1: anyway, the point is these these various interactions with the Skraelings on the island frightened clearly frightened the vikings and they leave the settlement of vinland never to come back Mm -hmm. so they're gone they went back to greenland so in essence the first invasion of north america by europeans in the form of the vikings ends up with the native americans kicking their asses the vikings put their tail between their legs go back to greenland boom right so that's done, and, and and strangely enough, these Norsemen were apparently disease-free because they didn't inflict any diseases. You know, they didn't uh, spread syphilis or any of the other things down that that later Europeans were to bring to uh, they didn't Native really American shores. The, uh, I thought I they thought ripped so, them off. That's it. Wait
0: a minute! I thought syphilis went the other direction.
1: No, gonorrhea with the other direction,
0: oh. I think. Well, we'll talk
1: about that later. It's all very interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can,
0: do a, we, can do a, we can do a whole, whole disease. A whole thing on a disease show. Oh, a disease show, yeah. Okay, yeah, so right. so
1: let's talk for just like a brief <laughs> few minutes about Greenland to finish this up. Because, okay. I mean, I don't know if you consider... I mean, Greenland's an island. It's sort of North American-ish. I mean, it's the place where they exile military officers in movies. Uh, what was the movie? Diller movie about Walter Mitty? It's part of that, happens in Greenland too. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really like that movie much. But. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this whole thing up with uh, with uh, Greenland because I want to finish it, and and we'll put we'll put Greenland to rest. Because remember, by the time Columbus shows up. Uh, and the rest of the people, the Jamestown shows up, all the people that populated the East Coast, the French show up, the English show up, the Spanish show up. By the time they show up, they're not greeted by, you know, uh, warm-blooded, bearded Scandinavian Catholics. Right? They're They're not greeted by any Europeans, and there's no real memory of human, of Norwegian people or anything amongst the indigenous people. So, uh, sometime in the early 18th century, because they because the, the Norwegians and the Danish had uh, given up on the, the, the colony, apparently, or forgotten about it, somebody remembered it. So in the early 18th century, uh, Greenland, or Denmark and Norway, claimed sovereignty over Greenland, right? They sent a guy. In 1721, they hired a guy, a Protestant missionary named... named Hans Egid, E-G-E-D-E, Egid. So they hired him to, to go and find these, this lost colony. And he agreed because at this time, the Norwegian and Danish people had converted to a Protestant form of Christianity, right? They're Protestantism. So they were worried about the souls of those people who were lost in the Greenland colony. And they wanted to convert them into the proper form of Christianity. Save which himself. is protestantism which of course it's protestantism right so they, he sailed a ship called the hope from norway to greenland made it all the way there to find the old norse settlements in greenland now they had lost contact there had been no contact with them for over 200 years so sometime in the 15 like 1490 yeah so they didn't know what happened you to. Riot, it, right? You write. You didn't call. call. <laughs> now the radiocarbon dating from the settlements that, or the pieces of settlement that are left, seems to indicate that the settlements were abandoned by, at, at the latest, 1450 AD. Okay, so it'd been quite a while since somebody had seen them. Okay, now the reason why the, these people went there, of course, was to convert their souls. When they show up, the Norwegian Danish guy shows up and says, "Hey, he finds the Thule people." The Inuit people, already they're hunting on the coast of Greenland. So we find some. Now they are no, they are nomadic people, and they didn't set up any permanent settlements. So we ask them, where have you guys seen any you know things that look like you know the, us, we Norwegian mm-hmm. people, and they said no. Have you seen any blondies around? No, we haven't seen anybody like that. Uh, but we will we will tell you that there's some suspicious-looking ruins around. So the Inuit people show them where the settlements were, and they discover where the settlements were. And the, the foundations are laid out for homes, and there's stone laid out and stuff, but it's all ruins. So they ask the Inuit people, did you, you know, were you responsible for this? And they were like, meh, not that we remember, not that we know. Of course, what are you going to say anyway? So, but ah, there's that but, was 200 years ago. but if he you look there. at but if you look at the bones of people and stuff that are buried there, there's no evidence that there was any violent conflict or anything like that. So, probably they just left. You know, they were running out of money. the The, the bottom dropped out of the walrus tusk, tusk trade. They said, "Eh, we're going to get out of here." They probably went to Iceland or whatever, and they didn't make a big announcement. You know, like Leif's place closed hey, for business. Yeah,
0: right? hey, we fucked up. And so,
1: and so that's it so nobody the the native the native american indigenous peoples that lived in all the way through canada and down through the rest of the americas you know this is we're talking the first contact was like the early the very very early 11th century so they get a break for another four centuries or three centuries before they're discovered by can we
0: get a viking horn to uh round this out
1: And that ends, that ends the story of our uh, first, our first contact first, first text done
0: thank you ladies and gentlemen first